Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. And today is November the 22nd. However, yesterday I accidentally read the wrong passage. So please forgive me. I will be reading today Hebrews 9 and 10, which will officially conclude the book of Hebrews. So please forgive me, but follow along if you can. And let us go back today and read Hebrews starting in chapter 9. Now, the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up in its first room where the lampstand and the table with its consecrated bread. This was called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place, which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the ark were the cherubim of the glory, overshadowing the atonement cover. But we cannot discuss these things in detail now. When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll in all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. 
In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary, then, for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hebrews chapter 10 The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy." The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, 
having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those early days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And this concludes the reading of the book of Hebrews and concludes our reading for today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. I'm so glad we went back and caught these two chapters. These are actually pretty vital chapters in the theology around the book of Hebrews, especially the part in chapter 9 where it's talking about the priest offering sacrifice and how they washed all the utensils with blood. Now, if you go back and you read the Levitical law on how sacrifice was to be made, Everything the priest used was covered with blood. It was washed in the first sacrificial blood so that it would be clean in order to enter the Holy of Holies. If you go to Leviticus chapter 16, you will see how he covered everything with blood. And then what does it tell us in the book of Hebrews? All of this was done to cover the things that were just a copy of what was supposed to enter the actual presence of the Lord. Well, what's he talking about? that the things that made sacrifice were only cleansed to represent us. That's the meaning of chapter 9, verse 23. It says, It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. You see, unlike the blood that was offered in the sacrifice of the Old Testament, Jesus' blood was used to cover us. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice was used to cover all the utensils, the altar, the horns on the altar, all of the things that were used to sacrifice and to worship the Lord. 
But after Jesus's blood was shed, it did not cover those things. It covered us. In the Old Testament, the blood of the bull and of the ram were used to cover the utensils in order to repair worship to the Lord. But through Jesus, his blood was used to cover the true artifacts used for worship. And what are those things? Us. His blood covered us instead of anything else. And it repaired not only the ability for us to have relationship with the Lord, but it repaired the ability for us to worship him. And so through the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of who he is, you and I are able to truly worship the Lord. So when we fail to worship him, when we refuse to do that, we are refusing the work that Jesus did on the cross. That is why worship is so vital to us. In fact, when you read the book of Revelation, that's what you see over and over again. That every time something happens, all of heaven breaks out in worship. A scroll is open. They worship. The lamb comes in. They worship. He sits on the throne. The people worship. The true work that Jesus did was the ability to redeem us so that we can fully worship the Lord. And that is the same pattern as was started in the Exodus. Remember what Moses went and said to Pharaoh? He said, let my people go so that they can be free to worship the Lord. You see this entire time, God has been about worship. Why? Because worship is the most intimate we can get with the Lord. It's our understanding of who he is and our ability to express it. It's what makes us friends. I mean, think about a really close friend. They're not only able to tell somebody who you are, but they're able to tell someone about you. And in return, you can tell about them. That is the true depth of what Jesus did for us by dying on the cross. He paid the price so that you and I can worship. How awesome is that as we think about tomorrow being Thanksgiving? Because if you are truly thankful for what Jesus did for you, it will cause you to worship. So I pray that tonight, as you meditate on this, God fills your heart with authentic worship for him so that you can truly praise him for all he has done. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,